Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Welcome to Monday and good vibes to Jason B, a Broad Minds and More podcast. I'm getting the day started doing some work, but I had an interesting weekend. On a spur of the moment, I got to go to a cannabis convention in Oakland, California, and it was very informative to me. And Definitely, this is an industry that I think a lot of people need to pay attention to, especially in the state of California, because this industry can help a lot of people all over the state, not just the Bay Area or the LA or the major metropolitan areas of California, but the Valley, the agriculture areas as well. Um, I learned about this weekend uh, how hemp, products, which is a cannabis product, um, can make clothing, can make certain objects, things, tools. Um, there are certain digestive medicines that help people with their digestion. It's tr- There's treatments. I mean, it's not just like smoking the pot or just eating edibles just to get high. I learned about the different categories of cannabis, you know, between hybrid, sativa, indica how they affect people how they affect the body what are the benefits and what are the cons as well you know um smoking pot or smoking weed whatever you want to call it marijuana has does have its drawbacks i mean it it is a carcinogen and yes it can lead to um, increasing the chances of cancer but at the same time for those people who have cancer it is a method of treatment to normalize your see like your eating habits um people that are going through chemo it increases their uh their appetite it helps decrease the pain um the anxiety the stress um and so forth so every product every product from those base products of sativa hybrid and indica have a great use and lead off in many areas and it's so amazing about how, um, you know, from when I was growing up, that how it was just talked about and it was so bad, to why is the government really trying to keep it illegal? And from just doing a little bit of digging, a little bit of research, um, I found out some of the sources why. Now, in 1935, I believe it was... Was it FDR was the president at the time? The the current administration at that time, the government, uh, may had put out propaganda that marijuana would affect people in so many bad ways. But it was mostly led by the tobacco farmers that it was a competitive crop that um, affected you know traditional tobacco and affected many other industries and especially the textile matter of fact it's cheaper to grow um cannabis and produce a crop for say like you're making a cloth out of hemp seed you know hemp uh, it's cheaper than to grow cotton for example and it's actually more durable than cotton um and after seeing the samples of what kind of cloth it could be as almost as smooth as silk or it can be as rough as denim you know it really depends there's so many uses so that's kind of what we want to talk about today is like what is the perception of is 
is the really the government really trying to help us or defeat us now um i was reading something on mr no show's uh instagram we talked about uh, that in oh god what year was it it was a certain year i don't know if it was the 1800s or if it was uh the 1700s um that basically says um that the united states applied for the united states of america applied as an inc which is a company and i found that really um interesting when that was written you know i was like whoa this really blows my mind you know um oh yeah here it is um i'll just read it off his page and it's i'm not gonna read this as a fact i'm gonna read this as basically um a claim and with some further research i'll be able to validate what is being said says did you know in 1871 congress incorporated the business name the united states of america the u.s is not a country or a state it is a corporation a corporations have presidents vice presidents secretaries etc you don't own yourself the federal reserve does on your birth certificate it states banknote of corporation of america once a state has a registered birth document with the united states department of commerce the department notifies the treasury department which takes out a loan from the federal reserve you're not a person you're not a commodity now just after reading that okay so let me clarify a few things first of all um the federal reserve is not what you think it is it is not a place where it holds the currency of america it's not a it's not a bank that um see like that is in charge of all the gold that we supposedly have like in fort knox and many other treasuries that isn't the charge of the department of treasury and here's the confusion okay so in the 1880s 1900s early 1900s i think it was 1907 um, there was a certain act created by a couple of senators late at night that passed the act of the federal reserve now the federal reserve actually is an independent world bank this world bank dictates um interest rates on stocks loans they basically tell all politicians what the fuck to do and so on so the federal reserve is not in your favor so the bottom statement where it says the um what was it the treasury which takes the department of treasury takes out a loan from the federal reserve you're not a person you're not a commodity so i'm gonna have to do some further research because i am actually gonna look on my birth certificate and i am gonna look and see is there a loan taken out on my name my person you know because basically the government takes your taxes it pays for you to live supposedly every person in the united states you are an asset or a liability and the liabilities tend to be eliminated through disease through um, lack of prosperity being poor you know the chances of life and the high yielding person supposedly 
um, they make money for the U.S. as a taxpayer to going up and up and up. And as you climb up the tree of, of prosperity, the richer, the richest of the rich, um, the top 3% or 1%, they don't really pay taxes. They, that's what you hear in the government. You hear in the media, they talk about how, um, you know, we should tax the rich, you know, they should be paying their fair share, but they don't. And realistically, they don't and they have not. And that's why we have the division of Republicans and Democrats. Democrats feel like they're saving the world or saving the United States. And Republicans are like, we're the party to stand up for the working man who has the initiative to make money and not take handouts. So it's kind of like a an argument between two theologies and one claims to be more religious one claims to be more liberal in their beliefs um now i don't really care to get into the two-party system because that that actually don't work they actually work together believe it or not and they do accomplish the same goal you know um people talk about in each group about increasing taxes or de decreasing taxes and who does it hurt so weeks ago i was at a gas station no last week i was at a mobile gas station and it said like i'd mentioned in my last episode 42 cents in state tax alone for um for the california state tax so 42 cents for every gallon that you pump so some of us pump on an average of let's just say uh 10 to 15 gallons of gas and that's not even mentioning the diesel that, that trucks you so we're gonna say 42 you know i'm gonna do a little bit of calculation on air so point 42 times 12 let's just say that's the average is five dollars for every now for every car now let's times that um i think there is seven to ten million yeah, we'll just say 7 million, you know, people driving on the roads every day. Let me make sure I do this right. So three. Yeah, so I got it. That equals. Oh, my God. So thousands. And this is every day that people are driving. I'm going to read the, the final results here. 35,280,000 a day, a day. That's how much gas is pumped every day. So 35 million is a day. Now times that by seven, you're gonna get, um, what is it? Let's see. You're going to get two billion four hundred sixty nine million six hundred thousand dollars in a week. Now, I find that kind of alarming, you know, in a week. Now, times that by four. Oh, wow, it goes up even more, $98 billion in a month's time. 
Now, I don't know if that's exactly correct. That's just me doing light multiplication, light addition. And then 17 cents goes to the federal government of tax. So 42 plus 7, 70, you know, 17 cents in tax is taken out of the effective cost of your, you know, filling your tank. Now, there are several propositions here in the state of California that are basically talking about they want to reduce the gas tax, which I actually agree. I agree for the long term because there are commercials saying it will take away from firefighters, it will take away from law enforcement. Well, my question is, is in regards to that, how much money are we spending on state prisons to house the largest population in the world in car for incarceration? Nowhere else, not even China has as many people in prison as we do. So how does that relate to the thing about marijuana? Well, I believe that the taxable income created by the revenue from marijuana and cannabis will help the economy bring it to a positive instead of a negative and you know will help people but that's not where it stops too it's the politicians that manage the resources the money and i believe like some other countries that career politicians should not exist they do have pros they do know the system but it's showing that bipartisanism doesn't work people don't want to work together everyone's too busy trying to point the finger and then you have the laws of marijuana you know it's like or can or cannabis so how is it helping people you know um i was just thinking the other day i was like oh you know what because of cannabis i'm not worried about every moment and i'm not trying to be the next biggest entrepreneur that's peddled like right now in the industry if you go listen to podcasts majority of them are motivational people telling you how to get successful how to become successful through real estate how to network so these people talk about um, pyramid schemes which is fine and dandy and that's awesome that they do but there is a big problem it's not diversifying we're not making enough products and that's a problem so right now in politics, you know, the U.S. government is instituting, you know, tax and and um, taxes and basically fees on imported products. Now, I'm going to have to say that we received 90 per the trade ratio would have to be 85 to 90 percent of goods coming in from foreign foreign countries as opposed to the 15 to 10 percent that's actually going out that is a i think that is an accurate description not a fact it is an opinion but this is just from what i've read on different websites of the economy and not only that it's just observing every time i go into a store i'm looking at labels where things come from and it is alarming where what things come from that we they use every day so basically too many people have been riding the gravy train to trade with the U.S., getting it for next to nothing, employing their own people for cents on the dollar, and then who suffers the most? The American worker. So then you have the typical, um, you know, like, oh, the Arabs, are, they're, they're, they're terrorists, and, or Mexicans are here to take your jobs. Um, that's not true. You know, people are coming here to work because there is an opportunity 
a freelance opportunity to make whatever money you want, whatever doing whatever you want, instead of being typecast to perform certain duties in life. So, you know, what does it all mean? So I believe that the industries need a shakeup. American textiles need to come back. Um, American technologies need to come back and they're not there. We own a lot of have a lot of software companies, but we don't have a lot of hardware companies. I mean, who was it? HP and Apple were talking about going to Mexico to literally cut the labor in half, you know, for their products. No, no, mostly Apple products are produced in Japan and China. Um, their hardware product products from the iPhone to the iPad or the MacBooks, they are produced in Japan. Um, they are showing that automation you know does not take much training to teach these people how to run machines to make these products circuits circuit boards microchips you know and so forth so it's really not taking much so there is you know an interest and global economy is being affected by basically for example i do not like him but donald trump is like saying hey you're not going to be able to make and just expect us to buy because we don't really have assets and i've heard claims that the united states as a whole owes too much money to governments like china and so forth i don't know how factual that is that's just what i hear in the media so i'm gonna have to do a little bit of digging anyhow i'm gonna come right back and we're gonna keep going with our show in just a moment again so the next topic of the day this topic is about gossip and the effects of gossip and how it can affect the personal relationships and your intimate relationships as well as family now i've spoken on things like this before i know i'm trying not to be preachy but i'm going to give you um some insights of some maybe some things that have affected me personally lately and what i've come across and in regards to gossip now anytime you have a problem you do realize that you know you have two choices either address the problem or not then from addressing the problem you know your internal problem whether it be with one person several people or a whole family you have a choice to deliberately go at it go behind scenes and talk about it or basically just sit with it in your lap now once you start talking to other people you have to take into consideration no matter even if you say please keep it between us that doesn't mean that the actual trust is there it doesn't mean that the actual actions are there it doesn't mean that uh, people will respect your wishes because that is the risk you know and you have to think about who you're telling whatever subject matter to is it going to affect them directly or just you or other people that they may know and who they're involved with now i came across a situation in the last couple weeks that dealt with just that um somebody else had a problem 
and um, they told another family member and they didn't think about the ramifications of who they were telling their problem to, who they were voicing their problem to and what it means. You know, obviously the problem was between the two people that involved others. And once one person decided to betray that trust and they voiced that their feelings were hurt, that they, their methods were not um, acceptable, they went and told some of the people and just opened their mouth and they told everyone basically of the problem of confidence and trust of what their particular issue was with them they decided to invite others so i was thinking about this i was like okay and so then the subject matter kind of came to my attention was put in my hands and then somehow got twisted around saying that i was responsible for the actions the words that was supposedly kept between two people was obviously spread to me supposedly in confidence but it wasn't in confidence It was in seclusion. Now, not privacy, seclusion. Seclusion means that it's isolated. There is a variables of people that can convey the message, know of the message or know of the material. I was really thinking about that and it's like, okay. The next thing you know, um, I get a phone call or I get a text message asking me, did I say anything about certain subject matter? And I I simply said, I didn't say anything that was you said to me in confidence, no. And then I was accused of saying the things of confidence. And I said, well, who else is involved? And they go, this and this person. I said, okay, did you check with them? Or you're just making an accusation thinking that I'm automatically going to tell your business. And they didn't want to answer. They hung up the phone. So they got pissed off. And they sent me these long text messages. And I was just like, you know what? It just sounds like the source is with the original party with the problem and what they didn't realize is that original person as a problem or an issue took it upon themselves to expose others and hurt other people while they were doing it is it right or is it wrong i don't know what i can tell you is is once you're mentioning your your issue to others you are creating another alternative universe of of issues so your trust that you may have been trusted maybe with one particular area can affect nine different areas with certain people they can look at you as like saying oh well they're just a shit talker or they're just a liar or they're just looking to cause trouble whatever the case may be but who is the real problem it is the person voicing their opinion in confidence And that other party is mentioning in seclusion because they are offended. Well, the thing is, is like if you take notice and you know that this is information that is inviting to your attention, if it's not helping you, making your situation better and just warning you, should you be listening? Well, I for one have stopped listening as best I can. And it is a big deal. You know, it's a big deal. And I think that that's why a lot of times in this day and age, people are so easily offended by the connections, who was involved, who is to blame, who has the personal um, responsibility, 
the real matter of the hand is, is we all have the personal responsibility or spreading or stopping. I've learned a lot of lessons in life, but I've learned that stopping the spreading is more important than just hearing it. You know, um, I've had to walk away from conversations saying, look, I just don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to know, you know, get this, the person, the person that is offended and hurt has not resolved and feels that they have to go and mention to others. Is it my problem? They did that. Not necessarily. It's interesting. Well, that's my little segment on personal development about gossip. So if you can avoid it, don't be a part of it. And, um, If someone says something in confidence, keep it just there and nowhere else, no matter how you're involved or how sacred you're involved. Thanks for listening. And welcome back. So after visiting some time with my little one on my way back to Stockton, wrapping up the day. And I had some thoughts, you know, and I was just thinking about making a segment, how to improve life. What are things that I've done to improve life? I was listening to Maddie Mo about, you know, a lot of people are going through depression and bad times and I'm no, at no exception. I mean, I do feel a little sad at times and a little lonely, even though know I have a girlfriend but sometimes I don't get that attention that I, I really crave or that I want but I do rely on myself to stay strong so with that being said uh, tonight let's start off with simple ways that we can make our lives better um, I would have to say the first thing to really start making your life better If your room is a mess, clean up your room, make your bed, make it look nice and comfy. Even when you wake up, take those extra few moments, you know, if it smells or something or just it's not right, say like, say like you had a good mom, you know, took care of you, you know, and you, uh, just remember the comfort that you felt and I think by making your bed picking up things and clutter off the room um, making your room a place of uh, serenity and what I mean by that if you have too much memorabilia too many pictures too many decorative things you've got a lot of electromagnetic brain waves bouncing all over the place so it doesn't give your your mind really a sense of relaxation I mean yeah I like to collect things too and I love pictures of my kids but you know simple you know pictures a couple of them maybe of good times uh, really can change your mood and also, um, I haven't done it, but I have given it some thought, some room plants, you know, some indoor plants that, um, I've read a little bit that basically say you can increase, you know, your, 
waves in your body to relax by um, having life in your room and even sunlight sometimes the colors in your room can be very distorted and very loud and um, you know like uh, don't have too many intricate patterns on your, your bedding or whatever so I, I would have to say that would be one of the first things I would do you know um to improve your life, you know, through, you have some chaos, you know, this doesn't mean, this doesn't apply to people that are neat freaks or, you know, obsessive compulsive, it's just to calm the mind down, you know what I mean, and what would be the second thing, okay, so there is something, um, daily journaling, um, writing your tasks out, like, what you're gonna do, and then write about the days of events, the things that have happened, positive, negative, and list the things that you completed, you know, throughout your day. I believe that would greatly help you declutter your mind. And um, I am a firm believer in sage, like burning sage, um, you know, in your room to declutter the the aromas and the the spirits I guess you could say for those who are spiritual you know to smudge your room as they call it smudge your living smudge your body and uh, helps free up things that you're holding on to and let's see and the fourth thing is everyone says to write out goals but with having goals it can also be very stressful trying to figure out what your goals are so with that being said make simple things that are achievable I forget where I heard it it's like even the smallest pebble can make the biggest ripple you know it just sometimes takes a long time for the ripple to reach wave and then from wave to reach destination so yes um I, I firmly do believe in, um, you know, the little things that can uh, change your life, you know. Um, I think with this day and age that people are trying to go so fast, so hard, and, and they're just not making it, you know. They're just not making the money, the time or even enjoying pleasure of life, you know, and that's tough, that really is tough, how do you go about life without enjoying something, Um, I would have to say, you know, in personal reflection, like, I look at my mom, and she worked hard her whole life, and she's so miserable in retirement, and you know, like, she really enjoys sewing and, um, quilt making and stuff, and she's really getting good at it, but every month now, I've moved in with her since late April, and I'm probably going to be moving out pretty soon, um, you know, having more money has not made her happier, it's actually just, with more money, she's had more misery, and, if you're not using your money for your benefit, then what are you using it for? Just to pay bills? Well, 
seems like if you're running on that kind of wavelength, you need to do some serious reevaluation. Maybe move somewhere different. You know, yeah, we're all used to our hometowns and our, you know, our neighborhoods and the way of life that we're used to. But, you know, we're meant to, to change things. And that's the beautiful thing about being a human being. You can change your mind at any time. So instead of making an anxiety stress situation, I definitely highly suggest, um, you know, taking the time to look at new avenues, new adventures, a new way of life, you know, and that may lead you into a better, uh, more fruitful, fruitful life. Well, this is Jason B. Thanks for listening. It's through Paul.